0: Welcome to Creative On Purpose Live. This show asserts that you are enough, yet capable of more. We need you. Are you ready to make a difference? This show helps you step into what's next with integrity and intention. It's time to be creative on purpose. This season is called Endeavor, developing and delivering work that matters. Our guests this season are leaders engaged and work aligned with who they are, what they're good at, and where they belong. I'm your host, Scott Perry. Learn more about me and my work at BeCreativeOnPurpose.com. Let's meet today's guest. Charlie Brower. Welcome to the broadcast. Please tell our viewers who you are, what you're up to these days, and where we can connect with you to learn more.
1: All right. So, uh, yes, yeah, I am Charlie Brower, and I'm an artist, and, um, I enjoy being that. Uh, I'm also, uh, part of a family. Um, I live in Floyd County, uh, on, uh, nine acres of land that we call out there because it's at the end of, uh, mile on a third uh, gravel road. And uh, when we talked about moving here and we were working on the house, we said, uh, should we go out there again tonight? And uh, so it became the name. And as it uh, went on, we were trying to think of what would be an appropriate name out there it sounded like uh, what we were thinking about our life out here as well as physically. So, um, uh, Yeah, so I've been making a lot of outdoor sculptures uh, recently, but um, I also are developing uh, work for gallery exhibitions. Um, I do some collaborative work with my daughter, uh, Jennifer Hand, and um, I do some social practice work that involves engaging communities uh, through art.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. I did not know about that last piece. So, um, just in the interest of letting everybody know what's happening here, we Charlie and I had a, a conversation in front of a live audience at the at the Floyd Center for the Arts uh, just this past Friday. We did broadcast that conversation to the world. It turned out that um, unfortunately, that broadcast did not involve Audible. Uh, audible um, audio, so we took that off uh, off the internet, and uh, Charlie very graciously agreed to meet with me again here today, so that uh, he could we could record the, some of the wisdom that he shared in that earlier broadcast so for those of you that did attend the live event we are so deeply grateful that you did that and of course um you heard all of this for the first time there we're going to reprise just a little bit of our conversation charlie and then i've got a, a couple new questions for you and what we began with um the other night was this idea of what is creativity and you had some really fascinating ideas about what creative it Creativity is, and you also, I, I recall, connected that to some ideas about nature. So I wonder if you would start by
1: answering the question: What is creativity? Um, you know, uh, there's no guarantee that um, I have the same thoughts today as I did yesterday, <laughs> uh, or perhaps maybe I have the same thoughts, but uh, they'll be expressed differently, you know, because it's another day. So uh, one of the things uh, that I believe about creativity is that it always involves doing something that you haven't done before. Uh, it has to be something something new, otherwise we don't feel like it's, uh, it's creative. And then another I thought about it is about, um, so why are we creative? And um, I, uh, I think that, you know, we are um, a product of uh, an evolutionary process of nature. Uh, forming itself and uh, that's a creative process. It keeps creating new things. That's uh, what it's all about. So um, I think that inherently we have creativity um, in us and uh, we use it in lots of different ways. Um, And I think that um, interviewing an artist about creativity you know, could be interesting, but uh, it it may also sort of tend to imply that that's really where it all happens. But uh, I I think I look forward to you interviewing other people about the same subject and, um, you know, everything from a cook to uh, a a minister, you know, and uh, just thinking about um, where in their life they see creativity working.
0: It's really interesting. So you did answer slightly differently than last time. So one one thing that I I hear is that um, you, you you're asserting that creativity involves doing something new or doing something for the first time or doing something that's innovative, and then you also speak to this idea that creativity is is an innate human impulse. Did I hear those two things correctly? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So I. I would totally agree um, with both, especially the part about being an innate human impulse. And one of the things that's very, very sad is that polling today suggests that um, fewer than 50% of people, when asked if they are creative, will answer affirmatively that they are creative. And you know, we have become, it seems, kind of disconnected from this intuitive, instinctual uh, impulse to um, feel like we are creative and of course if creativity is simply the act of bringing something forth into the world that didn't previously exist then all of us are creating sort of every day all day because every time you make uh, make a meal or make a mess or make amends you're engaged in this this act of creation and one of the things that I know that you look to for inspiration and um, in create well Maybe first, if if you don't mind, speak to that point. That you, why is it? Do you think that um, people are hesitant or even resistant to the idea of uh, that that they are creative or that they would identify themselves as having um, creativity inside them?
1: Um, I think it's just that um, we tend to have um, uh, heroes and extremes of. Uh, Anyway you know if you ask somebody if they're athletic you know uh you know they they might say no, you know but and they you know go running down the steps you know uh and uh because we have like heroes of uh, athletics, you know we're not all uh olympians, so I guess that you know that's that's kind of part of it, and there's also um I know that uh in the world of art um there's a hesitancy among many people who are in the process of becoming artists uh, to, at or at some point, actually say, "I am an artist." You know, it's like, "I am an alcoholic." You know, uh, it's you have to get to that that point, and so for somebody to say, "I am creative," is kind of sticking it out there for uh, judgment on you know whether or not you are. You know. That is an excellent point. So
0: when, if we identify that we are uh, a creative, we, we really, in a way, are then putting ourselves on the hook, kind of standing up and being seen, and speaking up and being heard, and announcing, you know, that we um, that we are creative, and therefore the expectation that would would it seem be that we create things. Um, right. And you um, you brought up this this other term, artist. Uh, in my own work i I see a distinction between creativity, which is a basic human impulse that we all possess and act on every day, and the idea of being an artist uh Do you see any distinction in being a create- in being a creative as opposed to being an artist
1: well uh, there's a different um intent you know uh i'm uh you know, uh, creative uh, in my family uh, by, um, you know, involving us in various activities. And uh, we all are because we're all looking for, you know, some new experience. Uh, but, um, you know, when I'm being creative as an artist, um, I'm, you know, making an object usually or an experience to be um, understood as having uh, some kind of beauty, some kind of um, uh truth to it, and that is there for uh others to interpret yeah uh, you know, my other activities uh, uh in the rest of my life um i'm not um, uh, i'm not doing it for that purpose you know do you,
0: do you think that i mean one of the when you're talking about creativity is being um you know has to have this element of newness to it of of um doing something for the first time or or something in a different way art it seems is intended to be done out loud and in public it's and art i i feel like artists Have an intention to transform the culture, to have an impact, to bring about some sort of change, or to, um, in some way, shape, or form, enhance um, the lives of of the audience, or to, uh, you know, maybe even alter their perspective on things. Um, And so that seems to me to be one of the things that distinguishes art from other forms of creative enterprise is that it's, it's done with a specific intention and it's, and it's shared it's, it, it's revealed and shared with an audience. Is, do you have any thoughts or
1: different assertions about, about that? Well, um, I, you know, I do believe like, that, that uh, it doesn't, really exist as art until an audience um, engages with it. Um, and that audience could be very small, you know, or it could be very large, but it's the same principle that's involved.
0: Yeah. And then there's the, that element of craft that Goes into an artistic endeavor. It's you. You can't decide that you're going to, that you want to be a, a painter. And I mean, the path to, to becoming a painter, I suppose, is to simply start painting, um, and you know, getting a teacher and and developing a daily habit or a daily practice. Um, but uh, um, but there is uh, there is that element that you you, you are now. Uh, kind of stepping into a vocation and that does require certain commitments. What what, what do you think are some of the commitments that are required uh, for anyone engaging in an artistic endeavor?
1: Oh, um, I think you have to be committed to uh, doing it uh, rather poorly uh, for a long time. Uh, And... um, maybe uh also uh to being able to withstand the uh kind of disappointments along the way uh from your own self or from the reaction of others uh to what you're trying to do um, uh, i think um, all you know all making of art involves taking some kind of risk and I think creativity does you know like uh you're going to be a little bit creative in the kitchen and experiment with something that you haven't made before or some ingredients or putting some ingredients together. You're going to be taking a risk that, you know, people, you know, are going to say uh, that was good or not, was not so good. Right. Well, that's really, so I
0: love those points that the artist is going to accept risks, they're going to have to accept that they will have to do a lot of bad art before they do any good art. And I think that's um, that's a, an inherent part of the process is, you and, and you can't make any great art until you've made a lot of bad art, just like you can't have any good ideas until you've had a lot of bad ideas. Um, and then baked into that process that you just kind of laid out is this idea that the through this process of taking risks and accepting that there will be a lot of um, not so good art before there's great art, uh, you're cultivating um, resilience and you're developing resilience. What's the what's the role or what's the importance of resilience for people that are engaged in artistic endeavors?
1: Uh, I think uh, to have an understanding uh, that. Uh, but that process of making uh, work that's not so great at the beginning, it never actually goes away. Uh, it may get, you know, the distance between what you regard as good and bad might get smaller, but um, I think that uh, to be an engaged and um, productive artist, uh, you always have to be looking forward to the next thing. And also trying to uh, assess what you're doing um, from one project to another, and and always be improving on it. Because uh, um, I, I quoted Dave Dylan the other night: uh, "Beauty walks the razor's edge, you know, and someday I'll make it mine." That um, that idea of the artist always uh, searching and assessing their work—it happens in a on a small scale. Like um, you do a drawing and you make a mark, and then you decide, uh, okay, that's good. Now the next one, and it just keeps going. And then you know you erase, and you have some regrets along the way, and you wish you had done it this way or that way. Uh, and th- that never goes away, or never should go away, I guess. Uh, if you get down to a formula where you can just crank it out um, and i i think you've lost that creativity and that that sense of freshness
0: yeah i love that if you're if if you feel you've reached the end of your artistic destination you probably did not Embark on a journey that was really worth the trouble. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Um, Too quick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and 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 you certainly can, you know, find examples of of artists that um, just you know have kind of reached the end of their um, their interests in furthering their craft and are you end up churning out more of the same. You know, Bob Dylan would be an example uh, of just the opposite. Bob Dylan has reinvented himself you know, so many times in his career and is, you know, uh, always seems to express the willingness to to try something new, even if even knowing sometimes as he did at Woodstock going electric or when he went gospel, I mean, he, he knows he's going to lose some people, um, you know, and that only the, the true fans and the true, true believers are going to follow him. And so there's, as you were, sharing your thoughts on that, I was thinking a little bit about the importance of your artistic motivation, your artistic intention, and then your artistic aspiration. How, how do those ideas, how do you approach those three things, motivation, intention, and aspiration, in the development and delivery of, of your work?
1: Oh well, um I think uh it's good for one to um think about what they're doing. And um one of the Greek philosophers said the unexamined life is not worth living. Uh I think that uh you know the um the artist uh who doesn't examine themselves uh is probably not making very worthwhile work. Um, so, and, and along with that, I think um, uh, paying attention to one's audience and um, uh, paying attention to um, the world itself, because you know, you're making it to go out into the world. and um, so um, if you don't do that, and um, there are needs that the world has, And you don't contemplate if there's a way that you can approach them with your work, then you're missing a lot of opportunities to be, um, uh, you know, an artist that's engaged. Well, that's uh, an excellent
0: direction to go in, I think, because audience has to be for someone. We we've we've already kind of decided that art is meant to be, you know, has to have an audience. It's meant to be shared. Um, It would seem that being uh, very very intentional about who you're creating for would be important. Um, And then also what it is that you seek um, to bring about in your audience through colliding with your work. So is that something that you've given a lot of thought to in terms of, you know, who who you're trying to change and who you're trying to reach. And, and if so, um, how do you go about, you know, finding and cultivating and engaging with your audience?
1: Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I uh, uh, in one of the emails that we exchanged or maybe I did wrote this on Facebook, but I said uh, creative on purpose and I, i said uh i think we're creative by nature and uh we can be creative on purpose and we can be creative for a purpose uh and uh we can be all three of those you know i uh, i'm i think that's what we are when we're involved in being uh, creative then um you know another um way that i have looked at it i guess is um i started describing myself um a while back i think way in the early days of Uh, creating a website, Um, I wanted to identify what I was about, you know, so I started using this phrase that, uh, you know, my name is Charlie Brower, I'm an artist um, uh, uh, in search of uh, uh, beauty, truth, and goodness, and putting these uh, three aspects of um, uh, uh, that um, are are part of I think for me anyway, the whole picture of art. And so the, you know, the uh, beauty is pretty uh, easy. We understand that, you know, uh, but we all have different descriptions that we, you know, we evaluate things as beautiful or not beautiful. Sometimes they seem ugly and then we come to understand them as beautiful. And then uh, the truth, uh, you know, it has to have some kind of um, authenticity to it. Um, it has to be based on some something maybe that you've really have experienced rather than something that you've just pretended to experience and then um uh the goodness uh uh there's an artist uh whose work I follow and uh he's uh gone now, but he was a twentieth century artist joseph Boyce, and um he said that uh everybody is creative. Uh, to the extent that they are involved in um, something to the effect he said, transforming um, the world. uh, And uh, that we're all involved in that, you know, whether uh, we think about it or not, we are involved in transforming the world. So I see myself as an artist is just part of that whole picture of what everybody is involved in doing
0: that's really i I love the way that you put that um beauty truth and goodness and you brought up the idea and i do recall that exchange where you talked about uh creative by nature and we discussed this a little bit the last time we spoke um on friday about kind of the role of nature and the creative process and how nature is a great teacher uh in um learning about the creative process do, do you mind uh
1: speaking to that again i um, i think that uh it's it would be hard to be an artist without being an observer uh of nature and uh you know maybe some artists it's one aspect of it or or another but I think, in the broadest sense, you know, uh, of what the thought of what nature is, you know, it encompasses everything from what we can discover or imagine about how it began, and um, and then um, uh, paying attention to how it's all going at the present moment, and then to uh, trying to see, you know, what kind of future uh, there might be for it, and. It's just so much that 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 covers. It's just material that you know will never come close to covering. So there's plenty of it out there, and I, I guess um, trying to uh, see if there's things that uh, uh, seem to happen in nature that uh, that we can emulate uh, in in our art. Uh, I think is good. What are, what are some of those? So let's
0: talk a little bit. um, And while you're answering this first question, I'm actually going to go to your website and then we can screen share. So people can, can see some of your work, Uh, your work, some of what I love about your work is that you're, you do have themes uh, that repeat piece to piece and that many of them come from the natural world. And a lot, much of your work has a very, I, I, I see it as kind of um, an aspirational quality. And this kind of comes to mind because when you said that your byline is sort of an artist in pursuit of beauty, truth, and goodness, I see, you know, I. I Definitely see that deeply refl- reflected um, in in your work. So, would you mind sharing just you know some of some of the inspiration from nature that informs and is kind of infused into into your work and and provide some insight as to you know why those themes um, are there and 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 are often repeated?
1: Uh, let's see. Uh, One thing that I think of that, uh, because I'm currently involved in making a sculpture and um, it's uh, going to be another one of my uh, uh, human figure outdoor sculptures. And um, I'm always um, gratified by uh, the material that I'm working with, which is black locust wood. And I use a combination of uh, cut lumber and uh, parts of trees and uh, the tree parts uh, are so helpful in creating some of the uh, curves of the human body you know the um and uh, and then uh, another uh, important thing to me is uh, that uh uh language and the way that uh, we have come to describe things are clues to uh, um what to do, you know. So uh, I end up using tree limbs to make limbs, you know, of the human body, uh, and uh and uh trunks, you know, to make parts of the human trunk. Uh so that that connection between us and the natural world uh is um you know it's, I'm very close to that. Uh, it's
0: interesting. So I, I'm going to share my screen here. Yeah. And so folks, I'm at charliebrower.com. And um, here's some examples of the work that Charlie is referring to uh, with his human forms. Houses, home seems to be a, a persistent theme. Yeah. Uh, I like the idea of this. And and my personal favorite, the ladders. Um also a persistent theme. Um, Lots of human figures in this section here. This is one of my favorites. Uh, I don't recall what this one is called, Charlie, but I do recall that you had a story about kind of the historical artistic um, idea that you were trying to bring about through this piece. Uh,
1: Yeah. uh, and among the history of art uh there's uh, um an artist named albrecht dur He's a german artist uh during the renaissance and um he did a um uh one of his uh prints uh he was uh quite well known as a uh, as a printmaker uh, it was called melancholia and uh it depicted uh um uh a winged figure and around the winged figure are uh, a number of objects that have uh, symbolic meaning, especially to somebody uh, in the Renaissance. And in the background, uh, there was a ladder leaning against um, against a building. And uh, when I was a young art student studying art history, I memorized that print, and but I never noticed the ladder uh, mm-hmm. in there and didn't, you know, um, inquire about it at all. And then later. Uh, as an artist, I started using ladders in various ways in my work. And, uh, I then, uh, had an opportunity. I was looking through, uh, art history someplace somehow. And I came upon that print again. And then I noticed the ladder, uh, and then that gasp caused me to ask the question. So why is the ladder there? Uh, and, uh, I uh, researched that and I found some art historians who referred to the latter as being a symbol for uh, the human project being under construction, Uh, which uh, is a very uh, Renaissance theme. So uh, I like that. So I made my version of uh, Melancholia and um, I uh, made the winged figure, uh, gave the figure. um, a house to hold in its hand, and uh, the winged figure uh, is comes from Greek uh, mythology. The uh, the spirit that influenced uh, or inspired artists was called melancholia, and uh, it was seen as a uh, as a as a winged figure, probably because it's fleeting, you know, uh, and comes and goes. The muse, you know, kind of thing. Hmm. Really, really, I, I I love that. You
0: mentioned um, seeing that print, and it caused you, uh, you know, to to ask the question. And that's one of the things that I feel like is really the purview of the artist is this idea of embracing curiosity um, and having the courage to seek answers through their work. Um, as opposed to seeking out um, certainty uh, and and confidence, um, and your your work really, not only do I see you approach what you're doing with curiosity, but it also um, inspires curiosity uh, in others. In, in part because of some of the, I think, whimsical. Qualities like the we just saw the picture of this uh, sculpture with the man that has a ladder kind of you know bursting through him. Um, What's uh, what are your feelings about the place of curiosity and courage as opposed to certainty and confidence in the artistic process?
1: Um, Yeah, I you know, one of the reasons I think. we make work and certainly that I do is that uh, uh I have an idea or a thought and uh I want to see it myself, you know. Um because um really, you know, it's like a, a thought is kind of like a dream. Um, it's not it's the beginning point, but to uh to try to actually bring it to life and um see it happen, that's another kind of thing. So um, so I'm curious myself you know um, uh, so I have an idea and I'm curious if it's going to um, going to work and if it works for me then there's a possibility it might work for others uh, I think that uh, confidence is probably um, uh, a rather dangerous thing and we should handle it carefully uh, because um, it can lead us to do, really foolish things I think uh, uh, to not pay attention to, uh, uh, you know, the um, the king uh, that walked down the road naked was full of confidence, you know, until he pointed <laughs> out that he wasn't wearing any clothes, you know, right?
0: Uh, well, and artists being in pursuit of the new, and seeking to transform and change the status quo. I mean, the, the confidence. We think that confidence is a good thing because it, it's earned through experience. And um, but it's but you can only be confident about the things that are established and well known that can be codified and put into curriculums and taught and um, you know ma- mastered. And if part of your job description is to question and change the status quo um, there's it it is it is difficult to uh, to become confident in that because you are literally inventing some you know helping bring forth something new and there therefore every there is no certainty or confidence that everybody has to start working towards wrapping their head around this new uh, this this new thing, this new concept, this new idea, this new um, object uh, that exists in the world. Um, you we we have kind of in a way circled. If I, I feel like back into um, the idea of resilience, and you know that's something that curiosity and courage cultivates because curiosity helps us ask the questions, encourage, helps us seek the answers. And when we are engaged in that kind of enterprise, we have to do so um, with the full knowledge that this might not work. Um, And that failure is kind of inevitable. Um, That criticism is um, probably coming. Uh, And, you know, those are all challenges that, uh, you know, build resiliency. Um, but also, I'm wondering, just in your own experience, Charlie, what are what do you feel like have been some of the the most significant challenges that you faced as an artist, and how has engaging with those challenges actually helped you become better at, at your
1: craft? Um, maybe I'll uh, talk a little bit about this idea of um, uh, social engagement through art. Um, so uh I have used ladders as symbols in my work uh, making sculptures drawings uh paintings, and you know in generally uh it had some kind of sense of transcendence you know uh transformation moving from one level to another uh but um I thought uh I would like to try to engage a broader audience than um, operates just in the art world that comes to galleries and sees artists work in in museums and things. So um, I thought um, if I could borrow uh, ladders from uh, people in a community, uh, and uh, I knew that it was possible to do that because uh, I lived in neighborhoods where people borrowed ladders, you know, uh, to uh, do some work on the roof or get the leaves out of the... Um, the gutters. So um, I uh, hatched the idea of uh, maybe as an artist, I could go about a community and borrow ladders from as many people and parts of the community as I could. And uh, if I would tell them that the reason I wanted to borrow their ladders was that I wanted to add it to a temporary sculpture and joined with ladders from all over the rest of the community and tie them together. And it would be like everybody working together, holding each other up, supporting each other and being supported themselves. We would have something like an ideal image of a community. Uh, We would all be there striving, rising together, uh, became a title that we gave to these projects. And um, uh, to me, it was very gratifying because uh, uh, I think partly because it was a big risk. You know, was it even possible to do this? And uh, and then to have the kind of responses that we got. Uh, and along the way, uh, learning things uh, like um, having somebody uh, slam the door in my face saying, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. And bang, you know, and, uh, I had to like, uh, you know, uh, suck it up and Go to the next door because uh, I believe that it was possible to get a significant number of these ladders, and uh, I just had to keep keep working at it, and uh, so you know it it, it worked, um, uh, but uh, I th- I, you know I think it was a big risk uh, to, to try it.
0: Um, yeah, well, that's um, I I I just love everything about that story. Rise up together. What a what a great theme. Uh, And I love how you've done this in multiple communities around the the country. What about, we talked just now a little bit about challenges. Um, In terms of lessons, well, maybe even let's let's frame it as advice. Um, As artists, we uh, tend to receive a lot of advice, some of it solicited, much of it often unsolicited. Uh, I'm wondering what is, I would like to hear both the best piece of advice that you ever received and acted on and um, the the worst piece of advice that you ever received that you happily ignored.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can remember a worst one. Uh, uh, In graduate school, I got a sort of um, professor who, uh, the professor I had been working with uh, went off on leave. And so I decided to take a course from another one. And uh, uh, this professor said that uh, this particular piece I was working on just needed some blue in it. And uh, he uh, he told me right where it should be. And uh, I, uh, I didn't do that, and partly uh, it might be my uh, Dutch Irish stubbornness, but uh, I—that was the last thing in the world I was going to do. And uh, he gave me a B for the course, you know. Uh, a I, B for blue, for blue, you know. And I—I uh, I, I felt uh, just fine about all of that, you know, and you know, in my decision. So, uh, so I think that. One uh kind of bad advice if I ever give it to anybody uh or anybody gives it to me is you know do this and it will be great you know mm. uh, that just i don't like that you know it doesn't seem to work you know? and uh so you know when I worked with students, uh I liked the idea of um in a critique of us. Giving multiple thoughts about you know uh, if we were doing it we would do this or you know thinking of it the way that I imagine you think uh, I might take it this way and that you know it's good just to throw lots of ideas and one of the possibilities is that uh, then that poor student is left with. They don't want to use any of those because they've already been suggested so then they have to find one more you know um, uh, way to take it and depend on themselves and then um, I also uh, uh, came to believe myself and understand uh, the value of uh being able to keep going when uh i uh, um, receive some you know uh, bad uh, responses to the work, uh, you know, being rejected by, you know, anything from walking into a gallery saying, here, I am an artist, uh, here's some of my work. And then, uh, in the old days, the gallery director, uh, if you were lucky, you know, would even speak to you. And then they might hold up your 20 slides and a slide sheet up to the light and look at it and, uh, say, uh, uh, oh, nice work, but it's not for us, you know, see you later. Uh, and then be able to go to another gallery and try that again. You know, um, uh, I think that if you can't do that, uh, you got to work at at that and uh, being able to continue on. Um, there's an example, uh, I can give you a biblical example. When Christ sent his disciples out, um, he said, go into the city. And if they don't listen to you, shake the dust off your sandals, and go to the next one. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, whether you're preaching the word or you're making art, you got to be able to handle that uh, and uh, know that it's a it's a process, it's, there's no instant success.
0: Yeah, I, that's, I love that. It's, uh, as you were telling the story about your professor that suggested blue, I was reminded of a scene in the movie Amadeus where Mozart performs a piece for some member of the royalty and their criticism is that there were too many notes. And, uh, and, and, Amadeus says, um, Oh, which would you have me remove? <laughs> um, and, you know, and that, that whole idea. So I, I frequently with my students, um, Try to help them differentiate between feedback and criticism. Feedback is something that, as artists, you you must be open to you, and you should be asking for feedback from people that you know and people that you trust and people that you respect and people that, in turn, um, understand, love, and respect. You know the, the what you're seeking to do, um, as and, and and sometimes that feedback. May well be negative. Sometimes that feedback may be well be it needs more blue, um, but it's coming from a place um, of truly. Uh, it's coming from a source that's known and trusted, and respected, and it's and it's being given in good faith and for um, the artist's benefit. And then criticism, on the other hand, I find I, I think of criticism and critics in general as. The, the type of feedback that we get from people that um, in the internet age can be anonymous. Um, and they are not often people that we know, like trust and respect, um, and they tend to not have much um, love or respect for us or our work. Their, their agenda is to have their criticism be heard rather than to try to elevate the artist's journey. Um, so any I, I have one final question that i want to ask on my wife lisa's behalf but any thoughts on that i uh, any any other thoughts on how to frame to frame the the feedback that you, that you get um, on your work or um any thoughts on on dealing with rejection or criticism
1: uh well uh I think uh, one of my um uh audience members uh is my wife and um I've lived with her uh for over 50 years and uh she has uh been there uh and seen uh you know everything that I've done as an artist and uh so uh I value uh, her uh, response to um to the work and uh and believe me it's not always uh, favorable you know um, and uh so i have to sort that out sometimes you know and uh, uh discuss it sometimes uh with her and and sometimes uh, uh change what i'm doing or change the way i think about it you know uh, uh and then um i also you know have some uh general trust and respect for the world of art, and um, I've worked in it and among it, and I know that there's some people that um, I maybe wouldn't respect, but generally um, I respect the whole uh, process of it. And so uh, I enter my work in a lot of, you know, um, competitions or calls for entries, or you know, I send my work to um, uh, be seen by museums and galleries. And um, I really trust that whole system, not that I like every result that comes from it, because, you know, I mean, uh, sometime, you know, I go by and I'm barely batting 500 on, you know, responses from things. But um, but I still trust that um, and believe in that system. Otherwise, I wouldn't participate in it. Uh, so uh, I can't remember if there was another part of that. Uh no, I, I think that's that. That's really that's
0: really great advice, and I and I love that idea of trusting the process and trusting um, the community. I mean, obviously fellow travelers, people that are doing the work that you do, or um, maybe even mentors and heroes that um, you know whose work you really value is. That's, I think. Uh, you, vital that you're kind of surrounding yourself with people that understand and uh are, are seeking to do this, the same types of things that you're doing in terms as an artist
1: um i think um uh having uh heroes um it reminds me i i put together a book a few years ago and i listed on uh, one of the front pages my list of heroes and i think there were like um can't remember exactly, maybe 15 of them on there. I'm not sure the number, but uh, I just thought about all of the, um, you know, aspects of uh, my experience from um, uh, from uh, music and uh, the world of art and uh, the world of just uh, good people. Uh, and I uh, tried to cover as many parts of my life experience and pick heroes for that. And I think it's really worthwhile, uh, activity for anybody to do and and just kind of look at it and keep adding to that, um, to that list. Yeah. We need the rest rest of us, you know, (laughs) absolutely. Well,
0: I want to ask one final question. Uh, Well, actually we're, we're down to our last two questions for, for this conversation. Um, There are people that have been jumping in and out of our live discussion here. And I just want to say at this point that if you have a question that you would like to ask, of Charlie um, that you can go ahead and, and post that in the in the comments on the Facebook page. And I'll be happy to ask ask it of Charlie before we hop off. Um, so Lisa was really, who is who is an artist and who paints and um, designs cards and uh, seeks to um, become brave enough to put that work out there. Um, not out there where you live, but out there in the world. Um, she was. She want, wanted me to ask about how you found your voice. I mean, your work is so um, yeah, recognizable. I, you. I mean, not if I were to come into across any of your pieces in any of the places that you've installed them, without the knowledge that you had an installation there, I would immediately begin to I be able to identify the piece as a Charlie Brower piece. How, do, how Any advice on how you go about cultivating, developing, uh, and sharing your own unique artistic vision and voice?
1: Um, I'm not sure, uh, I've heard this expressed in uh, many different ways, but, uh, uh, we're we're the product of all the mistakes we've ever made. And uh, so, uh, you know, if we pick just one particular thing, since we've talked uh, uh, quite a bit about outdoor sculptures and the human figures that I do, um, the, uh, the, the process of how I came to do that uh, has as much to do with what I uh, didn't want to do or didn't feel like I could do uh and uh and what I found seemed to work and then uh and then also uh, seeming to work includes like not just physically but um when I finished it it satisfied me and uh and then also what about does it satisfy any others? And so, you know, the combination of my feeling that uh that was um uh okay and uh I would continue doing it and then also getting feedback from others kind of drawing me forward. And so there's a little bit of kind of both push and pull mm. going on. So I you know, I don't think I couldn't ever come up with like one moment that solidified it. You know, I can think of lots of different, uh, different moments. Uh, I can tell you one, uh, you know, little story about the outdoor sculptures. I was using treated lumber for a long time to make outdoor sculptures. This is in the 90s and um, two by fours and two by sixes and, you know, cutting them and constructing building things, screwing them together. And uh, I decided that um, I had just learned too much about the dangers, hazards of that material for myself and for the rest of the world. So I decided, well, I would just continue being a gallery artist and not do outdoor sculptures or uh, public art kinds of things. And then uh, we moved to Floyd County and uh, a man who lived across the road from us, his name was Elisha Duncan, told me one morning we were walking down the road and he pointed to a fence post and he says that there's a locust post, they'll last a hundred years. And I thought, uh, I better find out more about this stuff. And uh, as I did, I found out that uh, I could find it in my own woods and I could find some sawmills that had uh, lumber and uh, got some and I started trying to make sculptures out of that. And what I ended up making is probably, you know, uh, the thing that just seemed to work, you know, uh, other things that I tried to make and, and conceive of making didn't work. So, you know, it's a process of uh, illumination, I guess. Interesting.
0: Well, and it, I, I, I I'm wondering if, how you feel about this idea of cultivating and refining your artistic voice and vision um, well, I, what I'm hearing is that a, an important part of that is, is by putting your work out there and paying attention to how it's received. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, my very first, when we first moved to Floyd County and I needed to, to, to find work quickly, I, um, did what I, I I knew that the one thing I could probably get a job at quickly um, was the one job that I hated most of all, which was construction. And I got on a crew that built um, homes, uh, framed homes exclusively with locust lumber. And uh, for those that, that aren't familiar with the the medium, um, it's heavy, it's really uh, hard to, to, to hammer and screw and drill through and uh, in Floyd County, when you get lumber from a lumber yard here, a two by four is really two inches by four inches, uh, and a two by six is at least two by six inches. So I, I applaud your. Um, I, I remember when one of the first times that we met, you were in a cast because of um, uh, rotator cuff surgery. Is that right? yeah right yeah i'm I'm guessing that had had to do with your long long time um occupation with wrestling with with locust lumber
1: yes yeah, right and doing things wrong for uh too many times and then you know having to get it fixed yeah right. yeah so I want to end our
0: discussion with this uh, this question will not be a surprise to you this time but it's it's a question I've only recently been asking and that is if you could If you had the power to implant or um, uh, share one idea, concept, uh, notion with the entire world,
1: what would that be? Oh, man. Uh, I think that um, uh, the rewards of uh, taking risks in any endeavor uh, are uh, not that all risks are worthwhile you know I think we have to use some some judgment too but uh if if we find ourselves very comfortable, we should be uncomfortable mm. uh, we should look for uh places that uh, uh maybe it's it's artificial because um the world is a wonderful place but it's also a horrible place, and uh I think we can um contribute to uh helping it be a better uh more loving beautiful place uh so and that, but we I don't think we'll do that unless we uh step out of our comfort zone and try to meet somebody new uh try to see what somebody else is doing and then um uh, and try to find something to do ourselves and uh i know the other night uh some at some point during the conversation uh one of your questions got me to tell the story about frederick beckerer giving a lecture and uh, he was trying to um impart his wisdom to people and frederick beckerer if anybody doesn't know him uh he is a very wise uh uh, person. He comes from a Christian perspective, but he's a very broad uh, philosophical person. He's a writer. He's written novels. So throughout his lecture, uh, he just kept coming back to the same point. He just kept saying, and it just matter, Just means that we have to pay attention. And uh, paying attention uh, in, in so many different ways, you know, to paying attention to beauty, paying attention to Small details of things and the grand um, span of things. Um, this, uh, the more we can do that, um, the better uh, people will be. Awesome, I love I love that. So I heard try and pay attention
0: in that mm-hmm. response. I think I think that's a, an excellent place for us to leave it. Uh, so want to thank everybody for tuning in. And uh, Charlie and I deeply appreciate you lending us some of your valuable time and attention and listening to this broadcast. We hope today's broadcast motivates you to lean into an endeavor that matters with greater curiosity and courage. And to learn more about Charlie Brower and his great work, go to charliebrower.com. And of course, it's always great to see you as well at becreativeonpurpose.com. Now, go out there and make a difference and keep flying higher. Charlie Brower, thank you so much for being on the broadcast. Thanks. It was enjoyable.